Okay, so today's topic is um, thank you, Shari. Divorce: the consequences and repercussions of divorce. And I'm going to let my wife kick it off, and I'm going to grab a bottle of water. Go ahead, okay. babe. So we were. I received a question when we were in. Um, Kev, where were we? Texas. I think we were in Texas, and um, uh, I've talked about in the podcast before that um, my parents divorced about, I don't know, eight years ago or so. And um, and the effects that it had on me and one of the ladies that was in the audience in, I think it was in Texas, right? Yes. Um, wanted me to expand on that because I think she said something was going, uh, or she was going through something similar. So I was just going to share pretty much my story and what happened to, you know, how it affected me and and all of that. So um, basically, my parents, I, I, you guys all know that I, I pretty much grew up in the church. Um, my mom was saved, uh, you know, from a time that I was very young. So I grew up in the church. My dad got saved when I was a little older, probably around um, sixth grade or so, sixth or seventh grade. Like my, my dad was in the military. So we moved from Germany to Hawaii and I was going into seventh grade and that's when he like really got saved so i would say around sixth or seventh grade um he got saved and so um from that point on you know as far when i was younger my parents relationship was pretty rocky but you know from the time that they both got saved it was pretty solid in my eyes you know from a child's point of view it was a pretty solid relationship um they you know started doing stuff in the church my mom became an ordained minister and my dad started working in the church as a you know pastor's adjutant and being on the usher board and all these sort of things. So you, you know, you start living in like your happy ever after land where your world is perfect and you live in a two parent household and you and your sister, me and my sisters and everything was all fine and dandy. Um, and they were married for about 20, over like 25 years, probably at least. Um, how old am I now? 30, I don't want to say all the numbers. Eight, yeah, probably about 25 years or so. Um, and so they ended up getting divorced. And um, by that time I was grown, I had Isaiah. Um, me and Kev were married for a few years and it still, um, it still rocked me. I used to say all the time that it like rocked me to my core. Um, it rocked my very like foundation because um, you grow up in a place where you want to emulate what you see your parents do. Um, you know, in my eyes, they had a very solid relationship and then all of a sudden they get divorced and you start questioning everything. Like I started questioning, um, love. I started questioning God. Like, you know, if my parents grew up this way, I don't understand. I've always wondered what happened when couples who have been married for decades. Divorced. And, and I have some things for that, but I, so they, um, I feel like I'm all scatterbrained. Okay. Um, but they real quick, what we'll do is you talk, don't worry about the question. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll take questions after we finish. Y'all can talk in the comments, but we are, we are going to address the conversation because when we read the comments, it always distracts us and we go off on tangent. Okay. So just, so, um, so yeah, so they got divorced and it rocked me and the way in which it rocked me was that, um, again, this was, okay. So you have to understand that like, this was the perfect like sequence of events. So I find out my parents get divorced i had just had isaiah and kevin or i guess i hadn't just had isaiah but kevin had got um he started doing comedy or was this a few years no, later this is before the divorce was before i did comedy 
So the divorce was before, but I had just had Isaiah. You just had Isaiah. We didn't even have Joe yet. We didn't have Joe yet. But and somehow the comedy thing did kind of relate back to that, even though it may have been years earlier. It, yes. Okay. The ramifications stretched longer, right. okay. but it wasn't immediate. Okay, so I've never been a very jealous person. Just like in my natural personnel, I'm not a very jealous person. You really can't be all that jealous with him because otherwise you drive yourself crazy because he has so many people that, you know, that recognize him and want to take pictures with him and all these kind of things. Um, but then after my parents divorced, like everything about me changed. Like everything about me changed. So I became more jealous. So, okay, so fast forward a few years. Kev gets... Um, Fired from work and starts doing comedy. Oh my god, I feel like I'm so scatterbrained because then you're I kind of want to go back to um, the Takia story and how that all played. Just, just go okay. point by point. It doesn't okay. matter what year it is. Okay, so Kevin starts doing the comedy thing and he's out in the clubs. We talked about this yesterday. He's out in the clubs and I start, you know, there's a photographer there, so I start seeing all these pictures of Kevin with these other females and instantly, like, all these insecurities start, like, just coming up because I feel like again if my parents who I felt were, were going to make it to happily ever after to you know till death do us part and they didn't I started questioning my what my thought was why do I think I'm exempt that's literally the words that that would literally replay in my head I would ask myself why do I think I'm exempt if my parents who were saved in the church I felt had a good relationship couldn't make it to their happily ever after what makes me think that I'm different and when you start having that type of thought process it's so dangerous because it's like you start seeing every you no longer just live in this like naive little bubble where the world is good you start thinking about well, hold on. Girls are kind of trifling. Like, I don't really know your motive. What are you doing with my husband? And why is he texting this person? I don't really understand. So then you start, again, going back to, to the story that we told of Kev, um, you know, texting that the female that we knew from high school. And I don't mean to say her name because I, I don't want to do that. But regardless, that starts happening. And now, again, all based on the foundation of what happens to my parents, I start seeing the world differently. Everything affects me differently. So it was, um, it was a huge like learning process. I mean, it, I felt like I was in a slump. And honestly, the one thing that kind of got me um, out of it, and I wore it like, I, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Actually, you are. Um, That's all right. It is. It's an emotional thing. It is very emotional, and I don't want to cry. Um, but I like literally wore like the emotion, the emotional. Oh, I don't want to cry. It's okay. You're like keeping me to cry. You want me to cry? I don't okay. want you to cry. It's just it's an emotional okay. thing. I'm not gonna cry. You're, um, you're crying. I but know. It's okay. Right? So I wore literally. You know all the like all of that on my like on my shoulders like on my face like I felt it on a daily basis so anyway we were going to church in um, Washington and my pastor spoke a message and I was gonna look this up and I forgot but he talked about um, Dorcas and Tabitha. Tabitha 
And I think there was a name change. And did she die? Yep. She died, and then um, somebody called her to rise up. Yeah, I want to say it was Tabitha that rose up. And so my pastor, oh my God, it was so emotional. So my pastor literally called me out of the audience because, you know, we were pretty close to them. And um, he kept calling me. He said he was calling me Tabitha, and he was or Dorcas. I felt like he was saying Dorcas, but regardless. And he kept saying, "Rise up, rise up, rise up," and that was like the turning point for me. It really was a point for me to just decide. I can't. I can't wear this anymore. I can't. Um, I can't own. And really, that's the best word. I can't own what happened to my parents and let it affect what I have here. Yeah. And that was the turning point for me. Like I literally took that message to heart and I decided from from that moment on, I can't own this. I can't let what they've done and the decisions that they've made for their life become the decisions that I that I have for my life. It does not dictate what happened to them does not have to dictate what happens to me. And that was really... And what happened to them is not necessarily an indicator of what's going to happen to Right. You. And that's literally what I had to... What I had to tell myself. It's literally what I had to, you know, process and understand and own that truth in order to get over what happened to my parents. I mean, it was, I mean, it's hardcore when you grow up the way that, that I grew up and I, you know, I was a virgin on my wedding day. So I, I wasn't the kid that grew up in the church, but wasn't really here for the church. Like I was the kid that was in the church and internalized it and wanted to do good. And, you know, I was really a good, just a really good girl, like really. And, but, and it wasn't because out of like fear, it was because, you know, it's just part of my personality. And I genuinely like, I love the Lord and I wanted to do good. Like I wanted to do the right things. So when you grow up with that, and then all of a sudden you feel like, well, wait a minute, it didn't work for y'all. So why do I think it's going to work for me? It calls the whole thing into it, question. Because start... y'all got to understand, Melissa's mom saved the duh. Saved. Yeah. She wasn't no halfway tiptoeing. She was a Bible like, preaching, when I good in, preaching. Yeah, she was a good preacher. Spinning verses I in, out. Um, I feel like there's an eyelash in my eye. Um, when we were in Germany, my mom had like first got saved when we were in, I grew up military, so we were in Germany for a few years and my mom really like got saved. And when I tell you like we say stuff like prayer closets and we mean it figuratively, no. Like in war room, <laughs> but it was that woman's like actual closet, no, no, no. My mom had an actual closet and she had, um a sign that she typed up on the computer and said praying do not disturb and she put it in one of those uh plastic sleeves <laughs> and stuck it on the door like it was serious and she would go in there and pray for hours we bless your father she would, we she would have concordances dictionaries Living Translation Bible, the uh, King James Version was cross-referencing. Like, it was she so... highlighters everywhere. Highlighters, notes, everything. When I tell you this woman was like, listen, I'm here for the Lord, and that's all that I'm here for. Like, it was serious. My dad wasn't saved, again, in Germany, and he used to drink. My mom would pour out his alcohol and drink and pour the other half, fill it up with um, anointing oil. Ah, wait, really? Yes. I've never heard this. Yes, that, that he's still no, drinking. Yes, that had to be awful. Well, I'm sure he reckoned. I don't know. If, I can't say for sure if he drank it, but 
For sure. Or you gonna drink this she blessing, D. Yeah. So, yeah. What is in my drink? Yeah. Who keeps putting this in my Hennessy? Yeah. Why my my Hennessy taste like the Lord? It wasn't Hennessy. My goodness. Uh, Yeah, no, she wasn't playing. Yeah, she's still living. She's very yet alive. Melissa was giving her makeup tips yesterday. Giving who? You know, we black. We have our kids early and often. She sent my um. She sent me a picture this morning. Was like, did I do good? It's kind of funny. (laughs) So anyway, yeah. So it was a very hard um, thing. I'm, you know, I get emotional right now because. Uh, Focus. I know. I saw Jay's comment. I get emotional now because it is something that is emotional. Um, but honestly, I it's not something that I carry with me on a daily basis at, at all. Um, my dad's found himself a new boot. They about to get married. Um, sorry. <laughs> I guess I don't know who's watching. Maybe I should have said that. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and your mom got a new boo. Yeah, so I mean, it's and this again, this was eight plus years ago or however long ago. So it's not something I know. Sorry, sorry, y'all. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, so again, it's not um something that I own. It is emotional when I talk about it because I mean, you know, I'm over it, but you know, it is something that you know, it's something that happened in my life. So um. Yeah, it's not something. It's changed me um, to this day. I am not the same person I was before my parents got divorced at all. It opened my eyes. I've learned to never say never. I've learned to. Um, I don't. I, I, I speaking of. I said we were gonna do this. I wrote a blog post for my good, very good friend Shari and Sharice on the optimistic divorcees. They are on here. If you are divorced. Um, currently or going through divorce, I definitely recommend um, checking out their blogs. They're really, they're excellent writers, just period, just in life. They're really good writers. Um, But because they are also divorcees, um, this is something that's near and dear to their heart. And and I find it to be a, honestly, I I promote them sometimes. I haven't done it in a while, but I used to promote them a lot on um, Facebook because I feel like it's a ministry. I feel like in church, we're so busy talking about um, divorce is not an option. And yet, we got a church full of divorced folks. Pastors get divorced. Pastors get divorced. Your ministers are getting divorced. People in the service are getting divorced. Uh, Remember, we, went to, getting we went to a white church in L.A. and they had a divorce yeah. ministry on the program. I remember looking like, I've never seen that before. Right. And that's what I feel like. I feel like we missed that opportunity to minister to people that are in that state. Everyone's not married. There are people that get divorced. And the fact of the matter is, is that that's a fact. And so you have to do things and cater to a group of people that aren't being, um, it's not a divorce ministry. It's a ministry for the divorced. Yeah. Which, and I hope I'm trying to make a distinction. It was to there. care to divorce people. Right. It was a ministry that cared to divorce people. No. It wasn't like divorce people like, Hey, this is the divorce choir. We sat in the city. Yeah, right. We sat in the field. Right. It wasn't like that. It was to speak to people who were divorced exactly. and help them through. And they also had like a miscarriage ministry yes. they had um some, some things like that those were two that we had and bereaved two bereaved family yeah uh but the, the miscarriage ministry and the divorce ministry were the ones that 
we hadn't seen prior. Yeah, I feel like that's important. I really do. I feel like that's important. I feel like that's an area of ministry that we often miss. Um, and so, um, yeah, check out their blog. Um, I wrote, uh, going back, I wrote a blog for them called Divorce is an Option. And don't let the, the title fool you. Don't come for me in these comments. Read the blog first so you can understand because it comes from a point of what I experienced growing up with Divorce is not an option and how I began to um, interpret what that means and thinking about the fact that the fact is divorce is an option. It is. Um, because people get divorced all the time. It's the, it's the, it, despite it being an option, you choose not to get divorced. You choose to stay in love with your spouse. You choose to continue to love. And that's what makes divorce not an option that we decide to go down. Hmm. But it is an option. It's legal. It's, it's an available legal. thing. It's an available option. It happens to people. It, and it happens so. to people. So, um, again, check out the comment. I mean, check out the comments. Check out their blog. Um, check out my post. Um, yeah. That's all I have to say. That ain't all you have to say. That is all I have to say. I wanted to talk about um, the... you. Um, let's clap for Sister Liz. Let's give her some hearts because she she came and she know, shared and I, her heart. And I cried. She cried her good makeup off. I know. If you would be so kind and give some hearts because uh -oh. she shared her hearts. Amen. We're, our goal in today uh, is to break 300,000. No, don't type the hearts. You got to tap the screen. Not emoji <laughs> hearts. We need the physical being. Amen. You, we got to touch they the screen. Because Lisa hates crying in I public. Do. and And a live broadcast is about as public as as it can be. And this is going to be on our podcast, The Love Hour Live. I think we're going to just always do our podcast uh, live streams so we can interact with you. Um, but uh, divorce, um, her parents' divorce affected our relationship. Yeah. I want, can you talk talk about that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so um, I thought I did. Well, remember, we used to get into <laughs> almost arguments. About what? About like, okay, like Melissa said, she wasn't jealous at first. So and I, I haven't been like a public figure our whole marriage, but I've been pretty popular our whole marriage. Yeah. Um, I was on the JV basketball team for four years. So at first I was like ahead of the time. That's not even a true story. I've just been saying it so long that it's just funny. But I was a star JV mediocre athlete. And, um, you know, I scored 26 points in a basketball game one time. And, I, you know, and I had three blocks. And, uh, and a steal. So that's a triple-double for me because I got three things. Was I at that game? You were at that game. That was Yelm. Your boy balled at Yelm. I, I went ham. Blocked somebody, shot into the stands, and that was my crowning achievement. Um, but we had done plays, so we were kind of like locally famous in Tacoma. And then when the YouTube stuff blew up, we just, you know, look me up, baby. Look me up. You ain't going to, you got to go to Microfiche to find my highlights. They don't have this on YouTube. <laughs> but anyway... So uh, what happened was almost the perfect storm of of things uh, led to some difficulty in our marriage. So we had um, we had the, Melissa's parents getting divorced, and then her like that crumbling of. Uh, if you've seen the movie Inside Out, um, uh, give me a one if you've seen the movie Inside Out. It's the movie uh, Disney Pixar's Inside Out because I think there's a great analogy in there. You love that. Movie. I love Inside Out. Give me a one. Just type one if you've seen Inside Out. Okay, there's a okay, good. There's a lot of people who've seen it, so you're gonna get this analogy. So, do you remember when um, the little girl, I can't remember her name, she had Hockey Island and Friendship Island and um, Goofy Island. I'm not gonna spoil it, I'm not gonna spoil it, but she had all these big islands and stuff like that. And then 
when uh, things happened bad in her life, that island broke and crumbled. So Melissa's parents' marriage was like an island to her. And when they got divorced, that whole, like, all of that crumbled and fell. And it, it like, you know, she almost had to recalibrate herself because it's like, if you don't think someone close to can ever die and then somebody young dies, you like, you know, you start saying, I love you more. It shakes you. If you're in a near death accident, you start seeing the world differently. Same thing happens with divorce. When uh, you get divorced, you start rethinking about your marriage. So we used to get, Lissa used to be super jealous and I used to have to tell her, she used to be so worried, but what about this? What about that? Melissa also worries like crazy. Yeah, I am. A worry and that's worry. an inherent thing because Zay Zay worries. My mom's a worrier. Is she? Mm -hmm. Is that a generation of worry? Probably. Zay Zay worries like crazy and Jojo just flies by the seat of his pants. But Melissa, uh, um, Melissa uh, worries a lot and it will start to affect her marriage. So I used to be like, Liz, your parents were like, oh, this is what you used to say. My family's all messed up. Yeah. My family's all messed up. Melissa's dad had to serve overseas for a long time. Her mom had moved. Mel was in college in Spelman. And Nick was with us in Washington. And at one point, Nick had, uh, was in the Army. And he used to say, our family's messed up. My family's messed up, Kev. Why is my family messed up? Why is my family messed up? And I used to have to be like, Liz, your family is... Your, your parents and your siblings will always be your family. Mm -hmm. But your primary family is me and these boys. And you can't let the family, your, 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 the family that you, you know, your grow up family, who's still always going to be your family, but you can't let what's going on in their life affect your family that you live every single day with. You got these boys need you. Yeah. They pooped up their back and you can't, you can't <laughs> wipe them up because you're crying. So, um, yeah, I mean, we spoke for 30 minutes on the topic. Do you want to take a couple questions? Sure. Uh, we got some time for some questions. Jason out here making, um, family, family of origin. That's what I was trying to think. Yeah, about. that was good. Family of origin. Thank you. Whoever said that. What are your thoughts on marriage and relationships now? Hmm? What are your thoughts on marriage and relationships now? Oh, How, after my parents divorced? Yeah. I'm sorry. I was processing the question. I, um, um, I mean, I don't know how to answer that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Oh, that, that, that question was to someone else. I'm oh, sorry. okay. Somebody said, what are your thoughts on something? And I, I the, the question faded away. It was, uh, what are your thoughts on Jesus or something like that? I don't know. I've never married, but regardless of their decision, I've been married for 11 and a half years. That's good. What's Advice for divorced people who hope to be married again. You saw that question. I don't know if you want to answer Advice for that. divorced who hope to be married again. Do you want to answer? You know, I don't do good with those type of questions. Huh? I don't do good with those type of questions. Advice for people who, want to, who are hoping to be divorced? Actually, go to OptimisticDivorcees.com. It's a whole blog filled with advice. Um, we've been married for 11 years. It's a whole blog filled with advice from Shari, people who Shari, are actually divorced. Can you divorced. put the blog in the comments? I think it's like www.optdivorcees.com. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what it is, but just in case. Um, can you guys put it in the comments? Somebody said, I believe that the concept of marriage is great, but the reality of marriage is not for me. Paul said that. Paul said that that's the case or something. How did your parents change following the divorce? Everything changed. Like everything, the optimistic divorcees.com. There it is. Um, yeah, everything. I won't even get into their, like, they're different people, totally different people, right? The person, my mom is no longer the person, like, we, uh, we all, my sisters and I always say that the Mary that I grew up with is, uh, she 
got on an airplane and went to space somewhere. I don't know who this person is. Um, she's just a different person. My dad is a, is a different person. They're just very different people now. So it changed them, you know, as well. They're very different. How old were you during this? Uh, probably about 25. Yeah. yeah this is a, when was actually younger because Zay Zay was just born. So this probably started 23. Happening. And Zay Zay's nine. Yeah, I think I had Isaiah when I was 23. Yeah. So, yeah, probably around there. So, this is only two years. And this is the thing that's kind of uh, interesting about this. Me and Melissa dated for four years and engaged, but we had only been married for two years when this happened. Yeah. So, this, we were, I don't know, you newlyweds for the first three years or whatever. So, we were newlyweds. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Yes, we were high school sweethearts. We started dating when yeah. we were 17, 16. 16. I think I was 16. We were both 16. No, I was 17. Different people in a good way? Um, just different. Just different. I don't know if it's necessarily good or bad, but they're just different. Somebody said, I want to know what would cause a saved woman to divorce. Please share. Um, I won't go into that detail today. Okay. Mind um, you, these are real people. These are not fictional yeah, people. Yeah, these are my real life people. Who can watch. So I don't... I, I'm and just... to the point, because SAVE was capitalized, again, going back to this idea that because we're SAVE, we don't get divorced. SAVE people get divorced for many different reasons. And it's not many, only adultery. Many. That's the one people always many say. Many different reasons. Yeah. It's people like, it's only cool if it's in the adultery. That may be biblically true. But that is not what people are doing in the real, actual, day-to-day -day walking. There are pastors who have cheated on their wife, who is the first lady, and then get married to the person they've cheated on their wife and then continue in ministry. Yeah. That's not what the Bible says you should do. That's what happens. Yeah. And there I'm, are pastors who... I'm not talking who, about... I'm not saying that the Bible doesn't say we shouldn't get divorced. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just talking about a reality that we live the in. The Bible says we shouldn't do a lot of things, and we spend all day long doing them. We fall daily. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's a there's some people from back home who were married for 30 years, and infidelity wasn't part of their divorce. And they were in ministry, mm -hmm. and they got divorced with grown kids like Liz. And we're certain they're going through uh, yeah, somebody said we got to get out of this fantasy land. We'd be out here. And the, I lived the, it. Yeah. I was in a fantasy land. I was in a fantasy bubble where I'm looking at you crazy if you're saved and you're talking about divorce. What? Your dad's your dad asked how long it took for you to get over their divorce. Um, It took. Oh, someone asked, how did my parents feel about me sharing um, their story? I've had a conversation with my dad because he listens to the podcast. This is the first time I actually think he's joined on Periscope, but he listens to the podcast. I talked to my dad like on a weekly basis about the podcast, basically. Um, and he he's OK with me sharing. Um, I don't know. And actually, I think my mom is, too. I, I do. Actually, I do. I do think they're both sharing. A living and, testimony. Yeah, it's a testimony. And it's my it's my story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like what? Ha and that's why I'm not going into too much detail about. Them, so why they got divorced? Because that why they got, why divorced, they got divorced doesn't matter to why to how that affected. So listen, exactly. it's that they got divorced, right? Exactly. So y'all want to be nosy? Yeah, we ain't who, gonna let you filed? learn. I got that question. I'm not gonna answer that. That doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm and just, I'm on, I'm a nosy person, so I I would want to know, but I know the deets. Yeah, I got all the tea. I'm just here to tell you about how it affected me. Let's pause um, for the cause real quick. You okay. got an answer? Yeah, no, no. Someone asked me. The original question was. 
How your dad asked you? How long did it take you? Oh, how long did it take me to get over it? It probably took about. It took a couple years. It took a good amount of years. It took a couple years. I'd say you probably got about four or five years. Yeah, it took a while. It, it definitely took Because it kind of lay dormant and you couldn't really put your finger on it. Yeah. It, it It took a while to... First, it took a while to realize that it was real. Yeah. You have to, like, process it. Then you have to, like, accept it. Well, no, you, you go through, like, a grieving almost. Yeah. Because it's like the... the so to speak, the death of your family, like yeah. it was, you know, you have to grieve. It's a definitely a familial to, bond for sure. Yeah, you have to process it, then you have to like accept it, and then you adjust. Literally, I think those were the steps to a new normal. And then what happens is holidays that were it was easy get really weird, yeah. you know, because we grew up where you go to Thanksgiving and Christmas with your family, yeah. and we're military brats, so it's always like wherever we are, we'll be, we'll be there. And then Melissa's dad was gone, her mom was gone, you know, and then we are just growing up. And that's when me and Melissa, Jay, Monique, we started having Thanksgiving. That's when I really first felt superiorly all the way grown is when we had Thanksgiving on our own. Because mm -hmm. our kids, one no grandma, it was me, Liz, Jay and Tam, uh, Nick, and then our friends. And our kids were eating on the newspaper like black people do. Yeah. Um, um. The fourth affects so many, not just the couple that was married. Absolutely. 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 That's an absolute truth. Oh, and pause for funny. the cause. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's funny because you think, and that's why I always say that I was grown. I always say I was grown and gone because I was grown and gone, like out the house. I, you know, was married and graduated college. Like I was on my own and it still had such an effect on me. Yeah. Like it was such, it had such an effect. And my sisters. I mean, I have two younger sisters. Yeah. And, it, yeah. it affects you to probably no matter what yeah. age you are. The pause for the cause is that we have released our book digitally, 25 Tips for a Healthy Marriage. It's available at kevonstage.com slash store. We are giving out a free copy or potentially free copies to the people who give us the most hearts. Um, hearts, if you're new to Periscope, when you tap the screen, it gives the viewer a broadcaster heart. Hearts are important because it makes you a feature broadcaster and uh, Periscope just recognizes you more. We're trying to be like Dominating Periscope. <laughs> By the way, follow Optimistic Divorcees. Follow Periscope. the Optimistic Divorcees. Follow my brother at Jason Fredericks. He's a brilliant Periscoper. We are trying to do all types of thing. 300,000 followers. We done made our goal for the building fund. 300,000 followers. Hearts. Oh, heart. Oh, wow. Hearts. That's amazing. Thank you, boo. These are my faves. Call Oprah. <laughs> Look, man, I'm we are trying to change the way... I mean, Periscope to us and the podcast... We are trying to change the way things are sought. We are young and we are living life right now. I want to go to the Periscope Summit. I want to get them to recognize uh, that we out here. So, um, all right, we'll take a couple more questions. Uh, that was a really succinct uh, po podcast. We'll take some questions before we go to church. Um, if you guys have some about divorce, or uh, anything else. So please share them in the comments. And we'd love to chat with you while we have time. How do you interpret divorce in light of what Jesus said about divorce and remarriage? Uh, I don't really know. I feel like that's a good question, but I don't, I don't know the answer. I don't know. You're talking about that um, the only way 
in God, according to the Bible, the only way out in, in terms of divorce is for um, adultery. Yeah. Is that what she's asking? I don't know. I, I mean, know. at the end of the day, I believe in the Bible. Yeah. So that's my answer. Uh, would you talk about counseling? Would you recommend counseling? Some couples divorce faster with counseling. Here's what I recommend. Yeah, listen though. I'm li I'm reading, I'm starting to read or audible listen to a new book. Um, I haven't decided if I like it that much, but the author was actually talking about just that, that some people that divorce, I mean that counseling for some people opens more wounds and causes people to divorce quicker. Really? Yes. He did like a study on it um, in a group of the group of counselors that he's involved in and like and then he expanded it because he was like we're all failing like we're all counseling people but they all are divorcing like it was really interesting i'm still trying to get to i just started this book so i'm still trying to get to like where he's going with it so um do i recommend counseling yes i just don't know how effective it is i don't know and maybe it's because we're not going to people who are certified counselors like this is what they do she so said there are so many issues during count hidden issues yeah that are stirred like, yeah. well you know what in 89 you stubbed you you dropped the hammer on my toe yeah i def someone said you should see a christian counselor i absolutely believe that i believe what you should do is find a christian who has a professional background in counseling a lot of times what i think we do is we go to a pastor and they aren't equipped to give us the counseling that we need because they don't have the the proper training it's not just you you have to have some training with that yeah people assume that just because you're the pastor you're an expert on all things they got to be a doctor you got to pray and diagnose you got to be able to counsel you got to know about fantasy football man this person just got his daddy's church Sometimes that's like yeah. that's the only thing is their granddad was a pastor, their pastor, and uh, listen, man, that don't mean that they know how to counsel marriages. They might be going through a difficult time in their marriage and looking for a counselor. Um, so what I was gonna say is, I recommend not giving up on your marriage before it's too late, because a lot of times people who get divorced regret it, mm -hmm. and they feel like they they didn't leave it all. They didn't go. You know, they, they didn't leave it all or they feel like the grass is greener on the other side. And oftentimes, more of the times, that's not uh, uh, true. Papa D said, good point, man. He knows. I haven't even seen my dad's stuff. Oh, I see. Yeah. It. He has a faith thing. As his did we do two? Did we do premarital counseling? Yes, yes we, we did. did marriage enrichment. We did, which was like uh, a group thing a, at our church. Thing, uh -huh. And we did that like for a year while we were engaged. At our church, you couldn't do that unless you were engaged. So we did it for about a year. And then we did about, I think, six to eight weeks of premarital counseling. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we did premarital counseling. But I don't know that that was enough to keep us. You got to go. You got to. It's like marriage is also on the job training. I think a person should exhaust all options to make their marriage work before deciding to divorce. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. Can the lack of friendship be one of the main causes of divorce? You know what? I was actually thinking about this on this, um, again, going back to this new book that I'm reading, he was talking about going through the stages of love and, and all of these things. And I was, I'm trying to think of like really trying to dive into like the way that I think I, at some point I want to write my own book. And so I've been thinking about like, what do I think about this? And I was actually thinking that there's, you know, we always talk about, come on, listen, be a little bit what your Greek self, Eros love, Ishkata. which is an erotic love. But I think a lot of times that we, it, we don't have phileo love, 
which is a friendship love. Wait, is that where Palacio comes from? No, but that's where Philadelphia comes from. No. The brotherly city. I thought it was at Palacio. No, and I think that word is fellatio. Fellatio. Um, you can't tell me that fella- chilled care her dad is on. Yes. So, I totally forgot your dad was on. Yes. Sorry, Papa D, but you know these kids came from somewhere. Phileo. <laughs> I believe it's called phileo. Um, and that is friendly. And I think a lot of times in marriages that your the erotic love erodes mm. because we don't maintain a friend. We don't like each other. Yeah, a lot of times people are more interested sexually than they are friendship. Yeah. The thing about me and Melissa, I, and I always t- say this when I'm trying to cake. Oh, your but, pastor taught that? I, I wanted that to be my own thought. I, <laughs> I feel like I made that up yesterday. We were friends for a year, almost a year before we dated. Mm-hmm. So we were friends, then we were boyfriend and girlfriend, then we were engaged, then we were married. But we've always been friends. Melissa's been my best friend. My boys give me tra- crap about this, but Melissa is my friend. She's my friend. We go to the movies and stuff, and like we have a good time outside of being married. Married, but she was a good friend prior to us being married, and that's why I wanted to date her. So yeah, man, uh, being friends is very important because a lot of times you be married and be like, man, you know, there's shotgun marriages where you have the kids. I feel like that. There's two marriages that I feel like are the the, the two worst ways to get into marriage. One is the we have a kid, so we should get married. Mm-hmm. Like we have premarital sex. And now we got to get married. Somebody said, have we ever considered divorce? You should answer that. And the other one is might as well get married. And that's the jagged edge. We we ain't getting no younger. We might as well do this. It's like we've been living together for three years. We've been splitting the rent. We might as well get married. Those are not good reasons to get married. Having a child is a good reason to take care of a child you have. That's a good reason to co-parent. It's a good reason to split custody or joint custody or to pay child support. Having a child is not necessarily an indicator that you should get married. Having a child is only the benefit of unprotected sex. It's not, it has nothing to do with we should marry each other. So I feel like a lot of people get um, married for that and then they might as well get married. And then you realize, I don't even know why I got married. You know what I mean? And uh, have you ever considered divorce? Have I ever considered... Is that what she's fussing me answer the question? I don't know. But that's a question I saw that I thought was a good one. No. No, we haven't considered divorce. I don't think we've gone down that path. We've been mad at each other. And Lisa tried to make me sleep on the couch, but I refuse. But we have never considered divorce. Uh, Just really quickly, because I saw this going back back and forth. The Optimist in Divorcees website is not a site that promotes divorce. You're not going to email them... And say, um, I'm in, you know, I need some advice. I'm in a relationship, this, that, and the other. And they're going to be like, divorce, next, no. divorce, no. next, divorce. We're divorced. Everybody should be divorced. Ding, ding, ding. What are we celebrating? No, that's not the point of the website. The point of the website and what they do is to encourage and offer, um, yeah, encouragement to people that have, are in divorce, that are divorced. Yeah. That are divorced. Not yes. going through, but are divorced. They've been there. They've done that. They know, again, the cycle of divorce. There's a grieving process. There's an acceptance process. There's a rebirthing process. I probably made that all up. But regardless, there's a process that goes through that you feel alone sometimes. You might uh, blame yourself. There's all these things, and they're here to say, what you're going through is, is normal. I've gone through that. You can make it. God it loves you. You're still wanted. You're still all that's the point of their website. They're not here to just encourage you to divorce your spouse. That's not the point of the website. 
I saw a good question. Two, in your opinion, what's the most important factor in a successful marriage? Okay, so we answered that question. I said communication. You said sex. Uh, I, I, I thought that was a different question. Oh, was that? It was very oh. similar. Um, I feel like love, and not in a fake foundational sense. In Hollywood movies, love is butterflies in your heart and and flutters in your belly. That's indigestion in real life. <laughs> in real life, love is more often doing what you don't want to do because of the way you feel about someone. Yeah. I don't wipe my kid's butt when they're first born because I love the sight of poop. I wipe their butt because I love them and I care for them. I feed them. I don't want to wake up yes, in the middle of the night. Love is a choice. Love is a Absolutely choice. It's not. A, and it's that, a choice and it's an action. It's a choice and it's an action. Even when you're mad. You, you said option or action? It's an option and an action. Oh, okay. It's both. Um, even when you're... And that's why I say divorce is an option. Because it's also a choice. And an action. And, you're, and an action. You're deciding not to love and to go the alternative route, which is to divorce. Yeah. Or you can decide, I'm not going to do this, and instead I'm going to choose to stay with my spouse and decide lo and choose love and continue to work on your marriage. Right. Jay said Hollywood love is romanticizing. When you don't feel that real life, something is wrong. Yeah. You don't feel butterflies. Yeah. You see butterflies. You see butterfly animals. Yeah. But that little flutter that they make you feel in movies, oh, we don't got no vibe, we ain't connecting... All that stuff is mythical. It's about as real as hobbits and dragons. And marriage is a compromise. And marriage definitely is a compromise. Marriage but love, requires compromise. Yeah. Love is saying, Melissa telling me I don't really like your relationship with that girl. And me saying, you know what? Out of my love Listen, and respect for you. That girl, I feel like she, she read my blog. I said that too. Marriage is a choice that produces commitment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you life. might feel you butterflies mean, at first, you but you ain't going. We've been together for fifth. We've been married for eleven years, and we've been together for uh, sixteen, fifteen, fifteen years. When I first like would see Melissa in the hallway, yeah, I fluttered and all that stuff. But after we've been married, that you don't like. <gasps> Part of that is because of the um, when something's new. Yeah, that's when all that is. That's all that is. Okay, now she's just doing. One-liners. They get very... Which how do you deal with temptation? We've got about 10 minutes left. How do you deal with temptation? You don't act on it. We talked about this a little bit the other day. You can see an attractive person and acknowledge they're attractive. As long as you're not acting on that and being like, man, I wonder what's up. Let me get a number. Let me get this. Let me get blah. Let me get this. Then you should be okay. I think we said something along those lines for that. Yes. Do you screenshot something? Mm -hmm. Oh. Love is blind, but marriage is like LASIK. I don't know what you mean by that. I feel like infatuation is blind. I think she's trying to say that when I feel like infatuation yeah. is blind, meaning you, you, you're infatuated, you don't see any wrong, everything is great. And then once you become married, I think they're saying that like all of a sudden everything is clear, like you oh, see okay. everything. Where do you draw the line if your spouse is not giving love in return? Do you feel like we have an answer to that? Where do you draw the line? No. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, Pop said I'm so on point. Thank you, Papa D. All right, we got time for a couple more questions. Then we got to wash these kids' faces again and make sure we get on onto that church house. And thank you to the men who tuned in on Football Sunday. 
Because I know my Seahawks are playing. I don't know what's happening. They could be you up 700 to zero. Date night. Important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And date night without the children. And ladies, listen, I'm a proponent of date nights. I love a great date night. When you go out on a date night, um, you get dressed. Wear a thong. Wear a thong. Do your hair. Put on some earrings. Smell yeah, good. Do all that. Well, who was that celebrity that said no sweats? Was it Eva oh, Mendez? Yeah, it was Eva Mendez. I think I knew what she was trying to say. She just said it all the way wrong. Because, Charlie, everybody, listen, everybody's wearing shirts, uh, sweats from time to time. However, if your husband say, let's go out on a date, let's do a date night, child, don't put on some sweats. Yeah. Put on some something cute. Somebody said, um, are you angry at your parents for getting divorced? Absolutely not. Uh, if you had you asked me that <laughs> eight, nine, ten years You've ago, been delivered. I've been delivered. Um, but today and where I am today in the headspace that I'm in at this point, no, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. I've, I've accepted, I'm in a place of acceptance of this new normal. Um, I still go through moments, you know, things come up. Um, but at the end of the day, I am fully aware of this is this is my new normal this is you sometimes you wish that we could just go to mom's house for christmas and it was as simple as that but you just gotta adjust mm -hmm. this is this is the new normal before we had kids we could get up at two, two, 12 o'clock at midnight and say we want to go to ihop and we could do it yeah we could want to go to rome but once we had a baby our new normal was you couldn't just get up and do that once we had two kids our new normal was this, you know? And then once our kids leave, our new normal is we can do those things. Once our kids are older, so your marriage is about the constant growth and change and reacting to change and, and changing as people change. Because this is, this, you know, 7.0. She's not the same person she was when we were first, you know, outside of her parents' divorce, just for other reasons. Motherhood changed her a lot. Getting a job, losing a job, the amount of money you make, all these type of things. Someone said, it's my, is it my dad's first time hearing my feelings on this? No. No. Um, I had a really good conversation with him a couple months ago about um, about a whole bunch of stuff, including this and the way that we grew up and my feelings. This isn't his. I mean, he, you know, he's my dad. It probably hurts his heart to hear how it affected me. And then I was crying. And, and, and nobody wants to see the baby girl yeah. cry. Baby um, girl. And I'm a daddy's girl. You're my baby so, girl. But is it his first time hearing this? No. No. He tuned in for the broadcast because he knew he was talking about yeah. this. And he and we've talked about this before. In fact, well, we talked about it one time and he called me afterwards. He's like, I felt like you were holding back. I want you to know that it's okay. You can talk about it. <laughs> Somebody, I got two questions. Kev, what was the first thing that initially attracted me to Melissa? Her rays of sunshine beauty. She was so pretty She's so and beautiful. I saw her... And Antoine gave her a note, oh, and I was God. like, I actually, I liked Melissa from the moment I saw her. I said, man, that is a pretty girl. Yeah, my dad said I talk to my girls all the time. I said, man, I would love to marry her. I was 15 years old, and I saw I saw a future of children. I knew our kids were going to be Zezé and Jojo. I knew we would Periscope. I knew Periscope. We're moving on be, to the next question, I knew because now he's podcast. telling himself that he's a prophet. That's not even a prophet. That's like a... I don't know what you you trying to be a what the people that tell see Papa D said I remember what that I loved you from the moment oh I first started. Gosh. My mom used to didn't like Liz because I once we started dating I spent all my time at Melissa's parents' house. Melissa lived literally a two minute walk from my house. Literally. They lived psychic. On Thank you. The That's next the right nah, I'm a prophet. Psychic is of the devil. Prophet is given by God. 
Uh, they God literally, didn't give him the vision. Yes, he did. A two-minute walk from my house. We rode the same bus together, went to the same high school, um, all that stuff. Somebody asked, what about my parents? My parents are married still. My mom was divorced. She was divorced prior. Uh, my parents are, my biological father didn't raise me. Um, uh, William D. O'Kelly uh, is my father. He raised me, Jay, and, and I'm going to say me, Jay, and <laughs> me, Jay, and my uh, younger sister, Melissa, Michelle. You just got it. I'm all over the place. Um, somebody said, love your input list. Thank you. Um, so uh, my dad taught me a lot about how to love a woman. My mom's disabled. She's legally blind. And my dad showed me how to like love a woman and do everything. So I feel like my dad taught me a lot about love and sacrifice. He was young with no kids. And he took on a woman who had three kids. And Jason was one of those kids. And he was a handful. He was a difficult child. Jay, don't let him talk back He didn't believe in the Lord. He didn't serve the Lord with gladness. I was a great child. Michelle was a terrible child. Just bad. And, um, and but just seeing how my dad loved my mom taught me a lot about marriage and how my dad would just be like, do we have a song? I don't know what that means. Like a favorite song? No, Melissa likes butterfly kisses. Butterfly <laughs> kisses. I think you like that because it's about somebody's dad. I do like that song. We have a couple I asked songs. Liz for y'all to start to Periscope. Watch yesterday's podcast. Jay said my head was a handful. I do have a big head. Look at it. Look how much space it takes up in the screen. Look at that. It's Liz's whole body. Okay, how much time do you have? We got about five minutes. And before we go, or less than that, three minutes, uh, our book is now available. If you enjoy the podcast, help us out. Go support the ministry kevonstage.com slash store. It's only $5 digital download. Kev has a little head. Don't lie. We all I know my head. head. Oh, Liz has a little head. I have a yeah. head like my dad. It's narrow. Waterhead Kev was his nickname. Okay, just bully me in my own periscope, Jason. Yes, I am petite. I'm a little. Kevonstage.com. Get the book for $5. It will bless you. It's a no money back guarantee. Uh, so it, it's, it's five bucks, man. I spent that at Chick-fil-A. Five dollars, Buster. Expensive. Um, but we are going to choose the winner from any whoever had the most hearts. And if there's more than one people, we might just give. Uh, oh, here's a good question. We'll end on this. Is it how important is it to have married friends as couples? Married couples as friends. I think it's important. We don't have that many because it's not that many out here. But I do. But I do like doing things. We have a um um. D and Scott, we have friends here, and they have yeah. a little boy who's around the same age as um, Isaiah, and they they come over once a month for Taco Tuesdays, and we just sit and talk, and we really have a good time. Um, so I I think it's important. It's fun to do stuff with other couples. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. We had a good friendship base in Washington. Jay's married. Keto's married. Nick wasn't married. And that we was have mixed a, there. Yeah, Denise was married. You don't she, have to go through all the list. That's why. That's I all our friends. We had. I don't, I don't know that it affected our marriage in any way. No, but we had friends that were married, and then it's important. It, I, it, what's important is to have friends who believe in marriage. Friends who will keep you accountable. If you have friends be like, "Man, I'm slipping," and be like, "Man, just slip." That's probably dangerous. So yeah. whether single or married, if they believe in the sanctity of marriage and encourage you, that's that was good. Uh, that that's important. Should your spouse have friends of the opposite sex? We're gonna take that down and use that as a whole other podcast because that's not enough in two minutes. 
What's up, Jujimon Monsters? Jujimon's are the champions. What That's my nephew. It, oh, I guess it's later. In the yeah, it's 2 o'clock on the East Coast. So we, Juju be getting this year uh, marriage advice. It's 11 o'clock here. We thank y'all for tuning in. We got to go to church. We do. We can do it. We're going to do oh, Periscope for singles advice. I don't know. We don't know as much about mar yeah. singles as we do about being married. So we When been, will you announce the winner? I'll announce the winner tomorrow. And I'll announce it on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram. Oh, follow us on Instagram at Miss Kev on Stage. At Kev, Kev on Stage. stage. I, I remembered I wanted to do that. Yeah. Uh, if you, um, so yesterday I didn't have any messages, or I thought I didn't have any messages in on my D instant DM, whatever it's called, on Instagram. And then I had like five. So they don't give me notifications that you're doing that. So really, it's not the best way to contact me. So you can send an email to um, kevonstage at gmail.com if you want to say something to me. Yeah. Or um, I have an open Facebook. You can find me, Melissa Fredericks, on Facebook. And you can just let me know there. Because if you are DMing me, chances are I won't see it. Because I don't like to check it. Because sometimes folks be real crazy. Yes, Sax Prophet, you missed it. But... As we end the broadcast, you can watch the whole thing on replay for 24 hours. And we got 300,000, 300,000, 600,000 cards. 300,000. And somebody, what's up, Chugga? Yeah, Chugga, Sax Love you too, Papa Love D. You, Daddy. Somebody said, don't do Ray. Just for that. Oh, yeah. they said, do Ray. No, you guys. Ray. Georgia. <laughs> Georgia. The whole <laughs> That was pretty good. Did you just reach home? It's Georgia, oh my man. I said this was song. She said, don't do it. You should have capitalized Georgia, the don't. Oh my man. Somebody said, I think it's good. Y'all are just nice. It's not good at all. <laughs> Jay said, I look cold. <laughs> I should have closed every periscope with the Ray impression. I don't know how to close them, and I'm just going to do I'm going to do this Ray impression so much, you guys are going to look forward to it. No. I said this That's probably Sharice that said that's been a little. She always gives you the benefit of the doubt. Oh, my, my. That's hilarious. All right, we love y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. By the way, the podcast is always available on SoundCloud and iTunes. So if you miss it and you don't see it on YouTube, we always have them on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thank you so much. God bless you. God keep you. We will see you at the conference. That we're not having. Oh, we're having a conference. It's real. <laughs>